0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth Sicha. Today is the 16th day of Shvat, Tarsus Beshalach, squeezing it in here right before Shabbos. Um, I'd like to do our learning today in honor of the Rafu Shalema for a, a good friend of ours, Tova Bas Esther. And um, with that, we'll give some tzedakah. Have Mashiach in mind. Gideon Sadaka Shemagrebeth at Hagi'ula. And with that, Mr. Friul, please take it away. Thank you, Wati. So I'm really excited to be doing this Sicha. I just couldn't pass it up, Betsy. I think that's why I kept, like, you know, kept on it with you. Um, we're going to be doing Cheil Chavav on page 85. And just to give you a little bit of history of how this whole shear started, um, a few years back we um, did a workshop at the Kinnos, at the Kinnos Heis, And the whole point of the workshop was to actually, like, learn sichais inside. And um, we did a few pieces together, and after that workshop... Um, a bunch of us were like, okay, we've got to keep doing this. We've got to keep learning to this inside. And so that's how the share was born, with Eti actually taking the bull by the horns and making it happen. So what we're going to do right now is actually one of those original sikhays. And I think that when we learned it at that Kenneth's workshop, we only did a little teeny tiny piece of it. And today we're going to do the rest of the sicha. It's one of those mind-boggling, beautiful pieces. If you remember it from that original workshop, great. And either way, you'll totally enjoy the powerful message here. So this is a sikhah Parshas specialach. Coming off of the Kayach of Yod Shvat, and of course going into the week of the Kinnah HaSheluchais, so there's so much going on over here. Okay, Chay Lech on page 85. B'tchilas parasha senu, in the beginning of our parsha, Nacht en Pasuk v'yishe velikim es ha'am derech ha-midbar yamsuf v'chamushim alu b'nei yisrael meretz So first the Pasuk says the Iveshter took the Yidin around, the direction of the midbar towards the yamsuf. And then it says, the chamushim alu b'nei at Mitzrayim. The Yitzin came out of Mitzrayim in a way called chamushim. And um, this is explained in two different ways. One is that the Yitzin came out armed, like equipped, out of Mitzrayim. And the other way is chamushim, that only a fifth of the Yitzin came out of Mitzrayim because four-fifths did not believe in the geula and ended up passing away during Makas Cheshach. So right after that pasuk it says, State that took the bones of Yosef with him because he had promised, he had sworn that um, that Yosef had requested, and now you know the, the promise was being fulfilled. That when the Israel were going to go out of Mitzrayim, that that you should please take up my bones together with you. And so in response to that request and that promise that was originally made to Yasef, now that uh, is going out him and trying with Iadim, he makes sure to take Yasef's Arain with him, with Yasef's body. Okay, so <clears throat> the Rebbe first brings a whole kliyakar, a fascinating kliyakar, that explains that this hi- whole idea of hamushim, of being equipped, what we're trying to understand here is the connection between the two, pieces of the Psukim. So the first pasuk is describing these and coming out, going into the Midbar, and they are Hamushim, they are armed, coming out of Mitzrayim, and then we have this psuk describing Moshe taking the body of Yasef. So the, the Kliakar points out that one of the ways that they were equipped, or so to speak, armed, coming out of Mitzrayim, was the fact that they had Yosef's body with them. And the Kliakar explains that actually Yosef represents like the Luchais, because Yosef himself was engraved with the Taira. He was so one with the Taira that by having Yosef's body with them, it was literally like traveling with the Luchais. And eventually they also have the Arain with the actual Luchais at the Gebamat and Taira. But even before that, they already have Yosef's body. And Misha knew that in the Schuss of Yosef's body, when they're going to get to the Amsuf, if all else fails, it's certainly going to be the Schuss of having Yosef with them that will cause the Amsuf to split and the Yidin to be saved but we're trying to understand in a general sense what's the connection between Yisif's body going with the Yidim and especially as they go into Hamidbar, Dara Hamidbar, as they go into the desert. And of course, most important of all, what is the lesson, what's the hira in its long term, meaning why is it so important for us to know this story, Yisif's body traveling with the Yidim through their whole experience of the 40 years in the desert? Why was it so important for them to have Yisif's Aaron with them as they came out of Mithraim. So if it was so important, it's not just important for them, it's important for now. It's a message for us. Tara is eternal. What's the eternal message of having Jesus' body with them? So to appreciate that, Therape says, let's start first <clears throat> with an interesting question that we have over here and take a look on Ace Base on page 132. What does the Pasuk describe? That Moshe took Yosef's bones. It's such a funny expression. Now, obviously, the reason, um, I guess you could say simply, of why we use the expression bones is because when Yosef requested of the Yidim that they should take him, he also used that term. Take my bones with you. But we're talking about a tzaddik. other, as is came shall covet for tzaddikim. But if this is, we're talking about a tzaddik, it's so disrespectful to say, like, they took along Yasef's bones, it's like, almost sounds like this, like, you know, weird, like, skeleton kind of way of talking. It's not the, it's not of a covetical way to refer to the fact that they're taking Yasef's body with them. So the Tyra should have switched it, even if Yasef spoke about himself in this very humble way, and said, take my bones out with you when you go, the Torah should have switched it, and instead of using the term, at some the bones of Yasef, it should have said... The Yikach as Arin Yosef imai, The Arin of Yosef came with them, right? The box that, that contained Yosef came with them. So, what's the reason why it specifically uses this term Atzamayis? And here's our answer. The Actually, the pasuk is specifically using the word Atzamais because as a and Dik from Eretz Yisrael had Moshe Kednume Mitzich Atzamayis Yosef. What is the idea of Atzamayis? Why are bones called atzamais? Because the bone is the essential part of the person, it's the strongest part of the person. So, if we want to sort of get down to the um, the, the the depth of the person, the part of the person that is most powerful, that really captures of the person, is the the very essence of Yesef, Etzim That is captured in this term. So really what was happening here is not just a technical thing of Yeshif's body being transferred to Eretz Yisrael. What's really happening is that the essence of yasif is going with the Yidim in their journey through the Midbar. And that's why we specifically use the term bones, because we want to focus on this word of atmius, of the essence of Yosef coming with them. So what we need to figure out next is, what is the essence of Yosef? Who is Yosef? And what is the kayak that the Yidon are taking with them when they take the essence of Yosef with them as they go into the Midbar? And so to appreciate that, we we have to take a look at the name of Yosef, because the name of something expresses the essence of that person. And we know that when it came to Yosef, when um, Yesef was given the name Yesef, the reason was (coughs) Rachel called him Yesef because Yesef Hashem li ben Acher. The Eibishter should add on to me another son. And there are so many places where this is explained that the whole idea of Yesef is to take an Acher, to take someone who is in the category of Acher, someone who is not living the godly life, not living a proper life. He's doing things in a way of Acher that are, disrespectful, and against, and not in tune with the way of Hashem. And the point of Yesef is to add that person and to make him into a ben, to make him into, atam alakechem, to be connected to the Ebeshter. And it's actually brought that, the extreme of this, is Yeravim and his, uh, and his comrades, who really did the work of Acher, right, of doing the opposite of what the Ebeshter would have wanted them to do. And the whole idea of Yasef is to make those kinds of people who are really in the category of Acher, and turn them into a ben. So now we see why it's so appropriate that specifically by Yetzius Mitzrayim, do we have the theme of Yesef, HaShem Hashemli ben Acher coming up? Because what happened by Yesef Mitzrayim? That's the moment that the Abishder turned the Eden into his children. That's when we became designated as Banim Atam Lashem Alekechem. We are the Abishder's children. And so, in response to that, we have the mission as Jewish people to do this work of Yesef Hashemli ben Acher to be able to. Um, take any Jew, no matter who that Jew might be, even if he's in the category of Acher, and enable him to be in tune with the identity that the Epishter designated for him by Etias Mitzrayim, you are a son of the Epishter. So now this helps us understand how the beginning of the Parsha, with the whole theme of Yosef's body, of Yosef's essence going with the Yidin into the Midbar, how that ties so beautifully with the message at the end of the Parsha. The end of the parsha ends with the story of Amalek. Now let's think about what happened here in the story of Amalek. How did the whole attack, how did, how did it happen? that right after Kriyasiam, so if the yiddin ended up vulnerable to an attack that came from the Amalekim, didn't they have a cloud of glory that protected them? How could Amalek even possibly fight against them? And so it's explained in different Mifershim, different Midrashim, that what happened was is that there were certain Yidin who lacked Amun on the Abishdar. There's a whole mushal, <clears throat> I think even Rashi brings the muscle of a father who's protecting his child in this way and that way, and he's literally carrying his child, and somebody comes by and says, and, and meets, the, meets the child, and he's, while he's riding on his father's shoulders, he has the chutzpah to say, I don't know where my father is, and totally denied the existence of his father, even though his father is the one who's busy carrying him through everything. So here the Yitzin have been protected on all sides, and yet they have the chutzpah to not be aware or to lack in their amunah of their connection to the Abishter. And that's the kind of people who ended up vulnerable to the attack of Amalek, because what happened? The cloud spit those people out. In other words, they ended up not within the fold, not within the protection of the cloud, and on on the other side of the cloud, they were vulnerable to the Amalekim, and the Amalekim were able to attack them. So let's understand what's going on over here. Who were the kinds of Jews that ended up attacked by the Amalekim? The people who, quote-unquote, God forbid, if we can say such a thing, deserved it. In other words, they acted like lowlights. They denied their relationship with the Abishder. They listened to the Yitzhahara voice that comes and says, who says there's an Abishder that's really taking care of you? Who says that Hashem is really running your life? And so they got spit out of the protection of the Abishdar and they no longer had the protection of the cloud. And yet, what ended up happening... The Yidden were told, such Jews need your protection, and so Yehoshua, who was a descendant of Yosef, right, he comes from Ephraim, had to lead this war because he's the one who has this motto very much in his being, Yosef Hashemli ben Acher, that every Jew has a responsibility to be there for those Jews who are in a category of Acher. And that's why Yehoshua, who's a good guy, right, puts together an army of Yidin who are specifically Yarechit. We know that the only kinds of people who participated in that war were people who were, you know, properly connected to Hashem, and that's why they were able to be designated as soldiers to be part of, you know, Anche Moshe, Moshe's army, led by their general Yehoshua, again, as a descendant of Yosef. And what should these Yidin do? They leave the protection of the cloud, and they go out there and they fight against the Malik on behalf of who? On behalf of those Jews who are in the category of Acher, who got themselves you know, into this mess to begin with. And now these other Yidin have to go out of the cloud to be there to fight for them. So this message is so powerful and so important that we can have Yidin who are Baruch Hashem within the cloud and they're Yarechit and they're good people and they're connected and they're involved. And you know what the message is? You have to leave your Dalit Amis of, of Tyra, and you have to leave your wonderful insular community, and you have to leave your godly setting, and you have to go out of the cloud, and you have to fight the Amalek, the Sahara that's there hurting these Jews who are in the category of Acher, and help bring them back and turn them into a Ben. So whenever we have that question and we doubt, are we really supposed to be doing this? Are we really supposed to be going out there and putting ourselves at risk in this kind of way, leaving our own Dalet Amis and exposing ourselves to this war with Amalek, to be there for this kind of Yid, you know, who denied his relationship with the Abishter and help bring him back? Is that really the right thing to do? That's the story that we learn here from the atzamas of Yasef going with the Yid into the Midbar. Yes, you're going to go through a Midbar. It's going to be a tough place. There's going to be all kinds of things that will schlep you know, fellow Yidin away, and it's your job to go out there, leave the cloud, and go out there and protect and fight on behalf of those Yidin and bring them back. And um, that's again one of the reasons why we have this idea of Yasef's body being taken out close to the pasuk of the Hamushim—that only a fifth of the Yidin left by Yitzys Mitzrayim. Because the message is, is that we can never let that happen again. In other words, by Yitzys Mitzrayim, those Yidin, the four fifths, were just left behind and. You know, we gave up on them and they ended up dying in the midbar. But we're never, they ended up dying in Mitzrayim. But we're never going to let that happen again. Today, we're going to take on the responsibility that no matter who that Jew may be, no matter where he may be, no matter what he might be denying or fighting against or giving into his Yetzirah, we're going to leave the protection of our cloud. We're going to leave our Dalit Amis of Tyra, and we're going to go out there and fight on their behalf and help schlep them back into the cloud. And the Rebbe says that you don't have to be scared, you don't have to be worried of you know, exposing yourself in the Midbar, as long as you're careful not to compromise entire itself. In the Yiddishkeit and the Tire Mitzvah itself, you're going to be successful like Yehoshua was. You're going to go with the Kayach of being Anche Maisha with Maisha's Kayachis. You're going to go with the inspiration of Yosef, of the Atzamas Yosef that go with us, and you're going to be able to overcome this uh, amalek, this enemy that's trying to hurt these kinds of yidin and not only will you overtake the enemy but you'll actually be able to bring those yidin back into the protection of the cloud and Yosef Hashem li ben acher back to being reconnected with the avister himself <clears throat> and go back to being like that son of Hashem so this is the lesson that we learned so far from Yesef and from Yesef's Atmos going with us into the Midbar, that we take the message of Yesef Hashemli ben achar into our galus, into whatever experiences the Yid are going to go through, and we know that any Yid who has the schos, who is given the opportunity to be within the cloud, has the responsibility to go out there and fight on behalf of his fellow Yid who may be out of the cloud. Now let's connect this to the month of Shvat. So in Isaiah, the Rebbe says, a Parshas is always read right in the month of Shvat, and the month of Shvat is very much connected to the Avaidah of Yesef HaTzadik. Why? Each one of the Shvatim corresponds to a different month. The 11th month corresponds to Yesef. Yesef is the 11th child, and so the month of Shvat connects to Yesif. And of course, this is very appropriate because Yud is, of course, also connected to the name Yesef. And so Eva points out a very interesting thing, that every single month has a different way that Shem Havaya, that the name yud k is expressed in that month. And the way it's going to be expressed in that month is hinted to in a particular Pasuk, and that Pasuk is connected to the theme of that month. So what's the theme of the month of Shvat that contains the letters Yud and Hey and Vav and He? So if you take a look on Eis Zion, um, in the third paragraph of Eis Zion, here you see the Pasuk, that has the tzirv of Shem Havaya that's associated with the month of Shvat. And what's the pasuk? Hamer yamirenu v'hayahu. You shall switch it, and he will be. Now, this pasuk, these, these four words are obviously being taken out of context from a bigger pasuk. So what's the bigger pasuk of what's going on over here? So we have a halacha, that if a person designates a certain item... To be given to the base of Mikdash, I think is the context of what we're talking about over here, or to be designated as a carbon or whatever it might be. You're not allowed to then switch it for something else and start making Khishbain oh, this is better, this is worse, I'd rather do this, I'd rather do that. Once you've designated it, it's designated. So really there's a law to start out first with a, the with a I say that you're not really allowed to switch things one for the other once they've been designated. But then the pasa continues. And if you do designate it, hammer yami reno. And if you do designate it, then vahayahu kaidesh, Then the new thing that you switched it for and the original thing both are considered holy, and they both have to be designated for the beis Mikdash. So really, you're not supposed to do any switching whatsoever. That's really a lav against doing any switching whatsoever. But if you do then both of them end up being Kadesh. Now let's take a look. Which of those words ended up as the Yud Kei Vav that's associated with the month of Shvat? ha mer yam You shall switch it and it will be. It almost makes it sound like it's like a good thing to switch it. But really, it's like You know, in worst case scenario, once you've already done switching, then you should know that even that has to be now be holy for Hashem. Both the the old thing and the new thing now have to be holy for Hashem. And so the Rebbe asks, like, why would the Shem HaVaya have to do with something that you're really not supposed to do? And so the answer is that we have two different kinds of scenarios in life. One way is when life is normal. When things are running in a normal way and we have proper communities and things are functional and everything is going in a good and proper way, then the best thing is yami renu, not to make any switches, meaning it's best for a person to live within a from community and not to switch himself and put himself into a setting that's not really such a good setting for him. So the ideal is that we should be living in nice, you know, Kailal settings with Tyra all around us, that would be lo yamirenu, don't make any of those switches in your life. Stay within your from community, stay within your supportive setting, stay within the you know, world of Tyra all around you, and lo yamirenu, and don't make any switches. But that's not what we're referring to over here. We're talking about the Avaida of Yasef. We're talking about when we have people who are acher, and therefore for the month of Shvat, which is connected to Yasef, we specifically have a Pesach that says, hamer yamirenu, you have to switch. Sometimes the person has to take himself out of his, you know, ideal setting and go out into that other place, out of the cloud, right, and go off and live who knows where to reach out to that Yid to be able to bring him back. And so that's the message that typically it's not the right thing to do. It's not really. It's not the best way for a Yid to live his life. But under Yosef's circumstances, when Yosef is the one who's inspiring us, then Hamre Yami Renu, then we surely switch. Yes, get out of your ideal setting, and go and expose yourself to those difficulties in order to bring that fellow Yid back. And that's why the pastor continues, Vahayahu, and he will be, you will have success, and he will come back and be connected to the Abishdar. In other words, you will be able to enliven him and reach him and, and draw him back to Hashem. So Hamar Yami Renu means you shall you shall surely switch your place, meaning leave your ideal setting, get out there and, and reach that Yid, and he will be, meaning you will end up being able to reach him. So what's the practical messages that we're going to take away from this? Because the point of all of learning about Yasef and learning about these Rosh um, HaTavis of the month of Shvat is all there to give us um, a lesson, a practical lesson. And so here we see something very important that we have to take away from this whole thing. Number one, when you meet a Yid and you're not sure, should I be going out there? Should I be reaching out to this person? Is it, is it even worth it? I'm only going to see this person once. Should I even bother putting on filling with him? I'll never meet him again. And I'll never be able to have long-term hushba on him. So you have to know, number one, actually, maybe we should know what's our timing, like, oh, just a few minutes left, but I think we should just read this little piece inside. So let's go to ice tests. Let's read Ice test inside. Okay. Um, from the way that we have the name of Hashem hinted to for the month of Shvat, We have here a very, very important message that we're learning when it comes to how to bring a Yid back, how to take this Acher and turn him into a Ben. There are those who come with the an argument, and they say, So if I can go out there, get that Yid, schlep him back within the cloud, and he stays within the cloud, and now he has, so to speak, become part of you know, the Yarei part of the from Yidin who stay within the cloud. So then it was worth it for me to leave my cloud protection and go out there and find that Yidin and bring him in. But what if there's no chance of that? What if right now when I evaluate the situation, this person is not going to stay in the cloud? What's the point of just having done one mitzvah with this person? And of course, Yad Rebbe puts in... in, um, in the footnote 76 that you should know that if you get a yid to put on tefillin even once, there's a whole inion of, um, of a, a yid having at least once in his life put on tefillin. But putting that aside, the person may look and say, I'm not going to be successful with this person long term. All I'm going to get him to do is put on tefillin once, or ben shabboslicht once, or gifstakl once, or ben sh- loloven estrig once, or whatever it might be. Listen to Megillah once. And he's going to go right back out there out of the cloud back into his own negative setting or in the dalat He's not going to stay in my holy, you know, cloud protected world of Tyrant's field. So is there any point in doing this? So the first thing you have to know is number 1, their Emes is uber lahepeh, uber Emes von tayra, Um sakten bar obsakten bar bataira. Zwar hashamzu halakha blashan hayara chazaka. Let's take a look at the words of the Rambam. <speaking> the Raman tells us you have to see the world as completely even, and your next deed is going to make the biggest difference. So is it worth it to put on tefillin once with this person? Absolutely. You could bring Mashiach with that one mitzvah. In addition to that, bars, in addition to that clear psaqhth that we have from the Rambam, we also have something else. is a mitzvah, there's mitzvah, You have connected that yid. Ha mitzvah you've connected to that person to the Abishar. And that connection is eternal. So no matter where he's going to go from here, that mitzvah has now connected him to Hashem in an eternal way. And we know that actually one mitzvah could spark another mitzvah. to and this could actually end up sparking that the person can end up becoming completely from. So besides those two arguments, okay. Right now, however, Right now, I don't yet see how making this switch, in other words, leaving my Dalat Amas of my yeshiva and my holy setting and my community or whatever it might be, is going to impact this person in a way that this person is going to become Kodesh. I don't yet see how the switch is going to become holy. But if Dem is their end for a bar and dihairaf shem havaya bidziyukai. Take a look at which words ended up spelling out the Shem Havaya. Not the words that say Utmu Kaidash that will actually end up becoming holy. Just the words that say Hammer yamirenu Vahayahu. Just the words that say you should switch. Go out of your cloud and go out there and reach him. Their Hemsha the rest of the Pasuk, Utmu Rasa that will actually end up becoming holy. That's not actually included in the Rosh Tevis. Because a Yid darftan di'avayda vas in. Your job is to do your part. Hamar yamarene hayahu. You need to focus on getting out of your Dalat Amas and going out and finding that Yid. Eret darf sich mishtadl zayn uchid d'abay afal pi vas durch dem vasariz yayret zayn zmanes en geitarei zmanes medalat Amash olein bechdei tzupaylin aifatveten yidim be bemadvegas acher So you need to temporarily leave your holy setting Go out there in the proper way and reach that Yid. And do whatever you can to reach him. And the final results, If immediately the Yid going to make a you know, full turnaround and suddenly become from or chas not, that's not what your shalachos is dependent on. Don't take that into account when you're setting out to reach him. Is nit in baro, the is tan di Your job is to do the job. Uftan. How it's going to end up playing out, das is an That's Hashem's part. So instead of making a chesed before you walk out and saying, do I have a chance of really reaching this person and changing his life in a truly meaningful way? That doesn't matter. That's not your job. Your job is hamar yamirenu Your job is to go out there, make that switch in your life, leave your place of holiness to reach out to this yid the end of the Pasuk, will he now become holy? That's up to Hashem. Um, <clears throat> now, that doesn't mean that you do it once and walk away and say, well, okay, I you know, put on Tzolim with him once, I never have to touch him again. No, any time you have an opportunity to reach a Yid, you keep trying again and again and again, even if it takes a hundred times to get the flame going. You keep working at it and work at it until we have, have ma'ala, until the flame can light up on its own. But never with the chashbin of, it doesn't look like it's working, and therefore I should stop doing it. The kavanah is, last paragraph of Aistess. Az aich in a yidin. Un ba man zet an I meet a Jew, it looks like I'll never meet him again. I'll have only one opportunity to ever do one mitzvah with him. Is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to be putting time and effort and taking myself out of the protection of the cloud to do this? I don't know if or when I'll ever see this yet again. But Darfur Tank if he call you khai to his manaza. Hap it right now. That's your shachas right now. Do everything you can in this moment. Hammer Yami Renu Vahayahu. That's the Shem Havaya of the month of Shvat. So we go with the Kaya Khavy saf. And the Rebbe, of course, continues connecting this to the Friedrich Rebbe, whose name is Yosef, whose whole theme is a month of Shvat. We go on his shlichus. We go to do his work. We do it besimcha v'tuv levav. And in this way, the Ebeshter showers us personally in our own lives with tremendous brachis. And our own connection to Hashem is so much more inspired and enhanced, not because we've made a cheshben of success, because we're doing our, our best right now to leave the cloud, to fight on behalf of this Yid, and to do our best to return him back to the Abishar. And in the end, of course, we're going to see tremendous success, and no Jew will be left behind. Every single Yid will get out of Gullus, and we're going to go out with an entire army of Yidim, the Be'as Mashiach Tzibkinu, and it should happen, Tekef Umiyad Mamesh now. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Thank you, Thank you so much. Have a beautiful Shabbos.